3: this January at the Coliseum, we, not me, versus the NFC. And for the first time since 2003, the Rams are NFC West champions.
4: Welcome to Rams Talk Radio. This is managing editor Derek C. Paul with the man, the myth, the legend, Norm Hightower. And joining us today is Packers writer and podcast host, host for the Power Sweep, John Miernik. Gentlemen, how are you this evening?
5: I'm doing Powerfuls. very well.
4: Thanks for having us. There's always that weird, awkward silence when you when you just introduce somebody. <laughs> it's like, what? Just just speak up. Okay, so before we get going, we want to remind you that we're pretty much everywhere podcasts can be found. Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it. Don't forget, we're also on iBeatRadio.com. They air our shows Wednesdays, Saturdays, and Sundays at 10 a.m. Pacific time. Oh, and iTunes. Again, going back to them. Right now, we're at 92 five-star reviews. We're almost to that 100. I think it's been a year now we've been doing this. Giveaway, we'll give this away, a $75 gift to to NFLShop.com once we get that 100 So if you haven't done it, please do. We really appreciate it. So getting right to it, John, welcome to the show. We just had a great conversation even before the show started just talking about, you know, the Packers, the Rams, the history to it. Um, we're looking forward to this game this weekend. But looking at the injury report, there's a few things going on. So how are the Packers looking on the injury front?
5: Well, it's kind of unusual because the Packers are actually very healthy at this point of the season, and they've kind of been snakebit by injury the last couple of years, but this year they're doing pretty well. They're only missing two of their, I guess you could call them preferred starters, the guys that you would have had in the starting lineup at the beginning of the year. Uh, They lost Jake Ryan to a knee injury during training camp very early on, but then uh, just a couple of weeks ago, Muhammad Wilkerson went down. But other than that, they are almost Completely 100% healthy. They're getting a bunch of guys back this week. They've been limited in practice, but everybody is expected to play. Uh, so those names will be Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison at wide receiver, Jair Alexander, their first round pick at corner. And they're also expected to have Bashad Breland, their recent free agent signing at cornerback, back as well. So it's a pretty healthy group. Even Aaron Rodgers. Uh, is doing pretty well, and he was hoping to be out of the knee brace this week. I don't know if that'll happen. the The Packers medical staff is pretty pretty conservative, so they'll they'll probably keep him in that if there's any sort of concern about it. But uh, it's it's a healthy group. You're you're going to get their best shot this weekend. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, such as it is, you'll get their best shot. <laughs> You may so, only get well, ha- one half of a game of their best shot, but we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later. <laughs> <laughs> well,
6: I guess if if we're going to play them, we want to get their best and and give our best so that it's you know entertaining for everybody. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely.
4: Well, what are the Packers' strengths right now? How have they improved from last year?
5: So the strengths of this team, um, I think you start up front. Uh, Their bookend tackles, David Bakhtiari and Brian Bulaga, are as good of a duo as you're going to find around. The whole of their offensive line is probably not as close to to what the Rams have as as the Packers would like. But a tackle, they're solid. Uh, Bakhtiari has been up there at the top end of the league for the, the past couple of years here. And Brian Bulaga has really been one of the most interesting stories for the Packers this year. He actually tore his ACL less than a year ago, November 6th, I believe it was last year that he tore his ACL and he has started every game this year for the Packers. He's been he's been ready to go. Uh, he hasn't played 100% of the snaps. There's been a couple games where he's come out briefly. He's dealing with a back injury too, but he's been in there and been solid. So they're they're strong in the offensive line at least at at the tackle spots. In terms of improvement, one of the the areas where they've improved most over last year is just their variety, and I think one of the ways that you really see that is in their their wide receiver group. So Jordy Nelson is gone. He was an uh, off-season cut. Uh, but still, even without him, um, they've probably got a deeper wide receiver group than they've had in, in quite a few years, probably dating back to 2011. They're not as good as that 2011 group, but there are there are quite, quite a few quality guys there. Um, that is in part because they drafted three guys there in the spring. They spent three draft picks and one class on receivers. All three of them are on the team right now and uh, they're contributing to various degrees. Uh, you can also see that variety in the in the running back group. Again, as deep a group as we've seen in a while. Um, and where they're really going to have to improve is just getting the ball to Aaron Jones. He's their best running back. Uh, he doesn't do some of the things that they like from their other, other guys quite as well. He's a little bit iffy in the passing game. He's not a great pass protector, and he's not as good of a receiver as you might think. But... Um, just in terms of variety, they can do a lot of different things with their with their skill position guys or with their ball handling guys. I don't like the the term skill position because the offensive linemen are skilled too, and, and so is everybody. They're professional athletes, so everybody's got skill. But the the people who handle the balls uh, the ball are as, as good as uh, as we've seen in Green Bay for a while.
6: Nor, <clears throat> sorry, uh, what? So we talked about their strengths. What, what are their flaws? Where have they struggled you know, the most so far this year?
5: Well, two big areas, uh, their pass rush and uh, and their consistency. So the pass rush has been a problem for a couple of years here just in terms of the bodies that they have. So back in 2014, the, the season that ended uh, with that wild game and the NFC Championship in Seattle, um, with all of the things that went wrong in that game, at least one thing the Packers could count on uh, was a, a consistent pass rush because they had quite a few guys in that position group well they haven't really added anyone to that group since 2014 and they've just slowly seen people leave so dayton jones a former first round pick is gone julius peppers is gone jay elliott a guy who would be their fifth or sixth guy is gone they drafted vince beagle in the fourth round a year ago he is gone um, and they they really haven't added anyone else of substance, so they don't really have anything coming off the edge. And then just flat out consistency on offense and on defense. So sometimes they'll look like absolute world beaters. I mean the the second half of the the Chicago game, uh, good luck just slowing down Aaron Rodgers as hot as he was. he was he was phenomenal. Uh, the same thing against the the 49ers, their last game before the bye. In the second half, Aaron Rodgers was on fire again. You couldn't, couldn't stop him. But in the first half of both of those games, the Packers were not very good. Uh, and that carries over to defense as well. Uh, the Packers right now have allowed the second-fewest points in the league in second halves this year, just 44 points. But I think they've given up something like 105 points in the first halves of games. So sometimes they look really good, sometimes they look really bad, and they really haven't put together a complete game this year yet.
4: Just to follow on a question, you mentioned pass rush. Where's Clay Matthews been in the last year or so? How has his
5: game changed or evolved? So I, I think – something that you see with pass rushers as they age, you get kind of one of two varieties of pass rushers. Uh, You've get, you get guys who start out super athletic and then as their athleticism declines, they, they add counter moves or they figure out ways where they can, you know, still be effective even if they don't have the athleticism that they once did, or they use their athleticism in different ways. And Clay Matthews never seems to have really figured that out. So he still plays like a, uh, like a guy who's, 25, 26, except now he's 31, 32 years old and he just can't do it like he used to. Uh, I don't know if you're superhero movies fans, but there's that the scene in in The Dark Knight Rises where Batman is fighting Bane and Bane says you fight like a much younger man, uh, just rushing in with no no regard to what you're doing. That's how Clay Matthews plays, except he's not young anymore. And so so the better tackles in the league just handle him. And even some of the, the more uh, and the lower end tackles just sort of guide him upfield and he can't, he just can't do what he used to do and he hasn't adapted.
6: I haven't heard
0: well, that
5: one yet.
6: Well, I was going to say, I mean, when you look at the earlier in the season, you know, the, the new rules for protecting the quarterback, it seems like that really affected him because every time he'd sack the quarterback, he'd get penalized. And that takes kind of the wind out of your sails. I would think that would be part of it.
5: It does. And um, the unfortunate thing is those are really the only significant hits he had on the quarterback all season. He had the the hit on Kirk Cousins, which was a you know, a, a bad call. Well and, and the frustrating thing is it really wasn't even a bad call under under the rule until the NFL said that it was. But that hit and the hit on, on Alex Smith were about the only times he got to the quarterback. He just doesn't affect games like he used to and nobody has to game plan for him. Those were garbage calls. <laughs> they, they, I, yes, were. they were. They were. I, I mean, uh, they occupied a lot of Packers
4: Twitter for a while. We we railed against those calls on the show. We, uh, you know, we, we're, we're football fans first. We, we love the Rams, but we know when something's wrong. And we're going to call it out. And, and the officiating for this rule in general has just been a train wreck. I'm not even sure how they're going to be able to enforce it in the future. So, I mean, just watching those plays again and again – I I don't, I don't even have an explanation as to how they can make those calls w- with a clear conscience.
5: Well, um, the bo- frustrating thing is there's no consistency from game to game. It just depends what refing crew that you get, and then you hope for the best.
6: Well, that one was almost a perfect form tackle in my opinion, and you know I, I can't see how that could be a penalty. So I'm I'm glad they've they've kind of slowed it down and changed it a little bit, but uh, it doesn't seem you know like you said. Matthews had those too, but then you haven't heard anything from him since. So I'm hoping we don't hear much about him this weekend.
4: All right, so before well, we move on. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was gonna Go say,
5: well, I don't I don't think you gotta worry a whole lot, but uh if if Clay Matthews has a renaissance game, we'll be as surprised as you are.
4: <laughs> I, I kinda you know. We have our tackle position is interesting. We have a great leader in Andrew Whitworth, but he is getting older and he's slowing down. and And the Rams have had a hard time at times this year handling the edge. If you go back to the Denver game, that was a problem. So I could see Matthews getting by against those tackles. I mean, the tackles are good, but the more athletic guys it just depends on where Matthews is in this game are going to are going to cause some problems least that's how I view it
5: well we'll see uh, Nick Perry if he does anything well he beats up on, on tackles that are having a tough year so that, that's that's kind of his calling card the last year and a half or so
4: alright so before we move on we do want to you know get some more questions out here to John with this pretty interesting conversation here and, I, and and we really want to know what's going on with Mike McCarthy that's my big one that I want to know about but before we get there we do want to give a shout out to our sponsor Jim Hawk his book Hollywood's Team Grit Glamour and the 1950s L.A. Rams. Folks, if you haven't read this book, yet, check it out. The book tells the story of the 1950s Rams through a lens of Jim's dad, John, who was an offensive lineman for the team from 1953 to 1957. Check out the son's story of his father and the team he played for in an era of glitz, glamour, and future Hall of Famers. You can read about players like Norm Van Brocklin, Elroy, Lakes hurst Tom Fears, and Les Richter, in this story, Spain, the 1950s Los Angeles Rams. You can find Hawk's book online at Hollywoodsteam.com and on Twitter at Team. It's available both in hardback and electronic form at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. It's also available at various other booksellers on the internet. Check it out. Again, it's Hollywoodsteam. Grit, glamour, and the 1950s LA Rams by Jim Hawk. Folks, it is well worth your time. Promise. Okay. Um... You did, we've heard a bit, quite a bit about what's going on in Green Bay. If we're hearing well, we're hearing that folks are unhappy with Mike McCarthy. At least in the national news. We're hearing these grumblings, these rumblings, these all kinds of complaints. What's really going on with Mike McCarthy and the Packers? Is is it just a bunch of media blow up or what what is it really?
5: Well, I I think I'm an okay person to talk about this because I am always afraid that I'm going to get the reputation as a Mike McCarthy apologist on my show because I always feel like I'm defending Mike McCarthy. But I'm what what I'm really trying to do is talk about the things about Mike McCarthy that are not good in an accurate way. So you talk about the national media uh, and there was a piece at BillSimmonsTheRinger.com by Danny Mays about how Mike McCarthy is ruining or wasting Aaron Rodgers and that piece is extremely frustrating to me because it's just rife with inaccuracies. There, there are flat-out factual errors about what's happened in Green Bay in that piece, blaming Mike McCarthy for things that are that were in no way his fault, criticizing him for things that happened years ago, uh, uh, pushing along storylines that ended years ago. I mean, he, he made a big point of how Mike McCarthy took back play-calling duties this year uh, this offseason after making a change at offensive coordinator and how the Packers offense has still stagnated. Well, that's not actually what happened. Mike McCarthy gave up play calling duties in 2015 and then retook them in 2015. He fired his offensive coordinator, but his offensive coordinator hasn't really had a significant role. Uh, is The offensive coordinator he brought back is more of a consultant this year. It's Joe Philbin, a guy he's worked with for a long time. But if you do want to talk about what's wrong with the Packers and Mike McCarthy, I think there are ways that you can do it. Um, the scheme question gets brought up a lot, and I think there are issues with his scheme. Um, he does. Rely on ISO routes a lot. So just players winning one on one matchups instead of, you know, doing things with motion or or formation or things like other teams are doing throughout the league. But I think the real ultimate bottom line knock on Mike McCarthy is he doesn't adapt quickly. He doesn't adjust. And that's been the, the truth for a long, long time. Um, he doesn't necessarily use his players in a way that is best for his players. He wants them to fit into what he wants to do. So Aaron Jones, as I mentioned earlier, is a great example of that. He's clearly their best running back, the most happens on offense when he is running the ball and in the game. You know probably better than anybody in the league right now how a great running back can affect the defense even without the ball in his hands. Aaron Jones is that kind of player for the Packers. He's not at the level of a Todd Gurley or a Le'Veon Bell, but he he's a very good player. But Mike McCarthy wants to use his running backs in a particular way, so he makes them fit into his mold rather than figuring out how to use his talented guys. So I think ultimately, if you want to put a bow on it, the problem is that Mike McCarthy just doesn't adjust quickly enough, and that has put the Packers in bad positions sometimes.
6: It seems to me like his offense is very, I don't know, lackluster. I mean, we're sitting here with a coach like Sean McVay, so you never know what to expect that's going to happen on the field. But when you look at the McCarthy offense, it it's pretty predictable most of the time. It seems to me like Aaron Rodgers carries the team on his back quite a bit. Do you do you agree with that at all, or or is there more to the offense that meets the eye? Because I've watched a lot of film on them, and it seems to be pretty basic schemes all the way around. It just seems like Aaron Rodgers is making phenomenal throws, and the individual guys are winning their battles.
5: Uh, there is some of that, um, but I w- I would push back on the idea that that Rodgers carries them because I think if you look at the times that they struggle. It's pretty much just because they aren't executing and the person who isn't executing in those times is is as often as not Aaron Rodgers. Sometimes I think he falls into doing trying to do too much when if he would just take the stuff that's there, uh, they would do a lot better. For instance, um, one of the things he did really well against the 49ers was was throw to, you know, check down receivers and, and backs coming out of the backfield. That's something he has been hesitant to do so far this year just because he seems to go go big play hunting a lot. Um, I think if there's a an issue between McCarthy and the offense and Aaron Rodgers, it's that at it, a lot of times it doesn't seem like Rodgers trusts the offense anymore. So because of the the scheme related stuff that you talked about, simplistic and and stuff like that, Rodgers feels like he has to do it himself, and that causes him to misreads that are there or or fail to execute stuff that that could happen. He just feels like he has to do it himself, so he tries to do it himself. Uh, it could be better if he didn't try to do that as much, but I I do agree that there are some some deeper issues there. And if I'm you know at the end of the day, if you're going to choose between one of those two guys, you're you're going to stick with Aaron Rodgers as opposed to Mike McCarthy. You can find another coach to do the things McCarthy does.
6: Oh, I, I mean, I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in the league and probably one of the best, if not the best, of all time. So, you know, there's no question that you know I, I don't I don't see an issue there. It just seems to me like with the quarterback that you guys have, you would put up a lot more points than you do. And so that's,
5: go ahead. Do you you ever watch the show Top Gear? Yes. Uh, So the example that I've used on our show a lot is the difference between one of the regular hosts and the Stig. So all of those guys that host the show can drive a performance car at a high level, higher than you or me could probably do if we just jumped into a car because they've done it before. But when they really want to see what a car can do, they put their professional race car driver in there and have him take it around the track. That I think is the difference between a guy like Mike McCarthy and Sean McVay. It's not that McCarthy's necessarily a terrible coach, but he's just limited in ways that guys that are that are just better than him aren't.
4: I mean, it just makes me think about all of the criticism you, you mentioned. The guy I kind of want you're giving your explanation about the Bill Simmons site, the Ringer, and you know, I'm thinking. Can I call that fake news then? Is that, is that something we can do is call fake news? The article is, is, is Mike McCarthy going to be able to stick this thing out in Green Bay long term if he's not able to adapt? Or are is the front office showing any signs of deviating support for him?
5: Well, that that is a complicated question, a lot more complicated than it would have been in years past. Um, I don't know how closely you followed what happened in Green Bay this offseason, but uh, after Ted Thompson left or resigned or whatever actually happened, he's no longer the general manager there. What happened next was a little bit odd. Um, the Packers coach no longer reports to the general manager. So the Packers really have a, a pyramid-like power structure. They've got team president Mark Murphy. They've got head coach Mike McCarthy. They've got uh, general manager Brian Gutekunst. And then they've got their, I think they call him the president of football operations, Russ Ball, but he's really their cap guy. Uh, All three of those guys report to Mark Murphy, and they're all roughly on the same level. Gutekunst has the final say over the roster, but he doesn't have the final say over the coach. So if Mike McCarthy is going to leave, it's going to be Mark Murphy making that decision. And Murphy reports to the Packers executive committee. So he would have to either decide on his own that, Mur- that uh, McCarthy needs to go or get pressure from the executive committee to make a change for there to be a change in, in, in green Bay. Um, one of my, my partner on the site, uh, Gary says it would take an act of God for McCarthy have to, uh, to for McCarthy to be fired. Well, Missing the playoffs two years in a row is an act of God, as far as Packer, Packers football is concerned. So if that happens, I think he's done. If that doesn't happen, who knows? It's it, it could be a coin flip.
6: Well, my my son Jason, I hate to admit, is a Packers fan, and uh, all week long, you know, he's also a Red Sox fan, and I'm a Dodgers Rams guy. So this week's been kind of the rivalry week for us. And of course, I've already been hearing that Boston's ahead two to nothing, you know, and now I'm starting to hear. You know, well, wait till Sunday. There won't be an 8 0 because, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to be Aaron Rodgers, you know, in the fourth quarter and and come back. So I guess looking at the, the offense and defense, starting with the defense, how do the Packers match up defensively against the Rams, you know, with all the weapons that we have? And, and how can they stop
5: us? Honestly, I have no idea. And I was, I spent a couple of days since Derek reached out looking at these questions and trying to come up with a way that made sense that the Packers could stop the Rams Uh, because the Packers really don't have a pass rush. I think they are already in a bit of a hole here Um, outside of blitzes. They really haven't gotten to the quarterback a lot. So if you look at their pressure statistics, they get to the quarterback fairly often, but they have to blitz and they have to use unusual pressure schemes to do that. The good thing for the Packers there is that they have Mike Pettin as their defensive coordinator now. And if you need anybody to drop creative or unusual, unusual blitz packages, he's the guy. I mean, if you just look at the end of the the 49ers game, they rushed seven on a third and three with the game on the line. I mean, if the if the 49ers pick up one first down and then like four more yards, they're in field goal range. But instead, he rushes seven and they they force an interception and, and the Packers come out on top, thanks to Aaron Rodgers that might be what the Packers have to do to slow down the Rams on Sunday. They might have to get weird uh, with their defensive, you know, their blitz schemes and things like that. Because other than that, I think just toe to toe, the the Rams win that matchup just because the Packers personnel on defense isn't that great. The one thing that I can say for the Packers on defense now is they're healthy. They've got their defensive backs healthy and they've got everybody else who could play at least available. So they've got that going for them. If you're, if you're going to, Go against a team like the Rams, at least go against them healthy.
4: So then what about the other side? What about the Packers offense? What weaknesses do you see in the Rams defense that the Packers offense can work with?
5: Well, from my perspective, it doesn't look like the Rams defense has a whole lot of easily exploitable weaknesses right now. Um, The Packers are going to want to throw the ball. That's what they do. Well, how do the Rams do on defense? Well, in my research, they do pretty well. Um, football outsiders DVOA number is a number that I always turn to and uh, their pass defense rates pretty well there. They're not the number eight defense against number one receivers. They're the number 10 defense against tight ends. And they're the number seven defense against running backs. The only places they aren't super great are against number two receivers and against all other receivers. They're 17th against number twos and 24th against everybody else. The Packers are going to have to get a big day from one of their non- Top end receivers, if they want to compete, um, and their receiving group is as be- healthy as it's been all season. They're going to have all of those options there. They just need somebody to figure out that they're going to be the guy this week. If they're going to attack anywhere, that's where it's going to. That's where it's going to be. Well,
6: Aaron Donald leads the, leads the league as of week seven because I'm watching Thursday Night Football as we're talking, and and JJ Watt's already got a sack, so at this point he's not leading now but uh as of week 7 he's leading in sacks with 8 and the team i think is either number 1 or number 2 in cornerback pressures so you think Aaron Donald's going to be able to handle that i mean Aaron Donald Aaron Rodgers is going to be able to handle that very well you know with a with a knee and and you know with the rams defense being pretty pretty good against the pass having that kind of pass rush with Donald and Sue and Brockers and You know, Wade Phillips bringing some blitzes every now and then. Do you see that being an issue at all?
5: In a weird kind of way, that actually forces the Packers to do something better. Um, They're better when they make their offense run on time, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't always try to make off-schedule plays. So if they focus on getting the ball out quick and avoiding that pressure, that may actually be a, a good thing for them. But you bring up Wade Phillips there. He has caused Aaron Rodgers some problems over the years um and i think if he's deploying guys like you know Aaron Donald and and Damon and down the list you go he's going to he's going to have success so eventually the rams are going to get to Aaron Rodgers i think he can he can deal with it but i don't know if the packers can deal with it all game ultimately it comes down to the packers having a really really good game and the the rams maybe not having such a good game so i think if if it's just you know you're making your pick there i i would i would lean towards the rams being able to do what they do and, and taking care of the Packers doing what they do.
6: Oddly enough, we didn't have a very good performance offensively on the field last week, and we still put up 39 points. And I've just, it's odd to, to us because it, it's almost like you, you couldn't explain how they got 39 points, but they seem to, they seem to be able to score pretty quickly and pretty easily. And you say that, you know, green Bay starts off slow. Generally, uh, that may be an advantage for the Rams if the Rams can come out, you know, and and be efficient on offense to start with, and go down and and put up some pretty good scores. So, I do I do have that little mind, you know, that little word in the back or the little voice in the back of my head from my son saying Aaron Rodgers in the fourth quarter. <laughs> so, I'm hoping that we can we can stop him and and not let that happen.
5: Well, even if Aaron Rodgers goes into into God mode late, it it may not matter if they're down by too much. I mean, the the Lions got up big early and Rodgers caught fire late and and it didn't matter. I mean, they they got it within eight points, but uh, it it was just too much. They ran out of time. So I I think I would trust the Rams more to, to maintain a lead if they get up early.
4: Well, and thinking about this game overall, what are your X factors? Like, you know, and I know I, I think we're keeping you too long, so I'm gonna try to get this done. Um, what are your X factors for this game?
5: So I, I think the X factors come down to Todd Gurley and who on the Packers can try to stop Todd Gurley. Uh from a scheme perspective, I don't know if there's a lot the Packers can do they've had success in the past and this is dating back to the dom caper's era almost shadowing a guy with a with an inside linebacker or a safety um, and against the or excuse me against the uh, the vikings they actually went with pretty much a defensive back exclusive lineup um, to slow down the the passing backs and the and the backs coming out of the backfield that Minnesota was using at that point in the season, so whatever the Packers do to slow down Todd Gurley and however Gurley responds to that, I think is is my X factor in the game because all things being equal, I would expect the Rams to be you know ahead of the Packers just about everywhere else.
4: Are you guys ready to make your predictions?
5: You bet, I am ready.
4: Okay. John, you are our guest. We're thank you so much for coming on. How do you call this game? What's the score going
5: to be? Now, well, look, I'm not just being a good guest here uh, and being, you know, respectful to my host, but I honestly think the Rams are going to win this. Um, I, on my own podcast, I predicted Rams 33, Packers 17. Um, I've picked the the Rams everywhere that I've that I make a pick. I picked the Rams to to cover the spread in my, uh, you know, pick 'em pool that I'm in. Um, I think this is a this is a game the Rams win and they they take care of business. I, if the Rams do what they are supposed to do, they will win. I think this is a kind of let it come to you game. Uh, they just have to take advantage of the mistakes as they show up, and they will show up on offense and on defense because that's the team the Packers are this year. And uh, if they do that, the Rams are probably golden.
4: Norm,
6: well, I'm gonna I'm gonna send this out to my son and say uh, Rams 38. Packers 24, uh, I think the Rams are going to go up early, you know, big early. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to do what he can, but I don't think he's going to be able to come back from from that deep a hole. Uh,
4: for me, the first quarter of this game is what's going to be key. If if the Rams don't make their move early, I, I see trouble for them in the second half. They they have been wearing down a bit at times, especially going back to games, you know, the the Seahawks game, the – Jeez, even the Chargers game to a degree. And, and so. Ah uh, man, I there are some things about this game I don't like. I don't like the the way the Rams have been covering man-to-man in much of the last four weeks. And then you're running ISO routes to go one-on-one against guys. Which which Rams set of corners do you get right now? And I I just my gut feeling is nervous. But that offense against the Packers defense. I'm going Rams 31, Packers 28, and, so, and a close one. I think it's going to be a lot closer than
5: what folks think it's going to be. So, there well, you go. and I
6: think you might have an X factor with Sam Shields too.
5: <laughs> yeah, good old Sam Shields. I, I'm glad to see him back in the league. I totally don't blame the Packers for doing what they did, but it's good to see him having success. He's a good guy. He an interesting story when he was here in, in Green Bay, so good for him. Yeah,
6: I'm. I'm looking forward to seeing how he does against the Packers for the first time back.
5: All I am so, too. That'll be a good thing to watch.
4: It's, I'm looking forward to. I think I'm looking forward to seeing how these guys meet in the field. I'm sure it's going to be a special moment for them. And again, we're football fans here too. So just having getting the chance to see Shields uh, meet up with his old teammates will be really kind of special to watch. So, John, can you let folks know where to find you?
5: You can find us at thepowersweep.com. The name of the show that we host there is Blue 58. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter as well. Just search The Power Sweep in both of those locations. If you'd like to reach out via email, we are thepowersweep1959 at gmail.com. 1959, the year, of course, that Vince Lombardi arrived in Green Bay and brought The Power Sweep to Wisconsin. (laughs)
6: There you go. Well, it's been a pleasure having you on, John.
5: Well, it's been great to be here. You guys are great. Love the show. And, uh, you know, the Rams are a great team. It'll be fun to watch you on Sunday.
4: Awesome. Yeah, and thanks so much again. A totally class act. And, and, again, I've been checking out your show as well. So showing a little love here as you as you uh, head your way. Good luck on your on the rest of your season as well. And, you know, maybe, just maybe, we'll be talking again come playoff time.
5: Appreciate it. Would love to do that.
4: All right. Again, again that is John Muirding from the Power Sweep. We really appreciate him coming on. He spent more time with us than what we expected and uh, just loads of good information, good insight into the team. And, uh, you know, Norm, just going back and talking about Mike McCarthy, he said he was kind of an apologist for him. I, I think some people underestimate how successful he's been there, though, 12 years, has a Super Bowl title, is taking the playoffs multiple times. You know, I, I'm not so sure... Is there a a point here where you overlook how successful he's been?
6: You know, as long as he keeps Green Bay as a contender, I don't think so. And as long as you have Aaron Rodgers on your team, I think you're going to always be a contender. However, with their record that they're at right now, if they do end up losing to the Rams, it's going to be a tough road for them. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, there could be some stink about it, but I think he's lodged in there pretty well, and and I don't really see anything happening too soon.
4: Well, That's the thing, though, is the rest of that division, is no one's pulling away in that division yet. So even if they lose this week, they can still come back. I would just think coming off a bye, this would be the week where they can really make a move. They've had two weeks to prepare for the Rams.
6: Sure, and... And, and this game makes me nervous too, especially you know when it's my son's team. Then you know if something were to happen, I'd have to hear it from him the whole time. So, you know for that reason alone, I'm hoping that we we do well. But I, I McCarthy's been successful, and you can't argue that. I mean, there's not a lot of Super Bowls, but he's been successful. You know, he's got a winning record with the team. Uh, they're always competitive and who are you going to replace him with? I mean, I guess that would be the next thing, you know, who, who out there would do a better job than him right now that they could bring in. And if you look at all those things, I think his job is pretty secure.
4: Well, there are other options out there. I mean, nobody thought, well, no, never mind. I was going to say, nobody thought we'd find somebody better than Jeff Fisher. Well, we did, but when Jeff Fisher was fired, the thought was, well, who can you find? Who's going to want to come out here? Who's going to want to take over this train wreck? And they got this young buck named Sean McVay to come in there and totally change the game. There are going to be other young minds out there that are the same way. Or even older minds. Some folks who are successful want to give that a shot. I don't know if you can always say, hey, um, eh, who's going to be better? I'm not sure you can say that or not. I'm really not sure.
6: I think it's being hyped a little more than, than what it really is, to be honest.
4: It probably is. And I think John would know better than anybody else at this point, covering the team as much as he does. So yep. really quick here, we do want to give a shout-out to Sal. Norm has the ad. He's been, Sal has been a great, great sponsor for us, and we're so thankful for his uh, continued faith in what we do. Uh, ever since we started this podcast, for the most part, he's been with us. And uh, so here you go. Here's Norm, here's Norm with Sal.
6: Now it's time to give a shout-out to our longtime sponsor, the Golden Ram Barbershop. If you're looking to support one of your own in the orange county area and like that old school barbershop experience check out the golden ram Barbershop shop at 13755 golden west street in westminster california sal martinez opened up his shop as a shrine to the rams on the day that they left for st louis and has kept the lights on ever since he's by appointment only so give him a call at 714-894 rams or 714-894-7267 use the promo code ramstalk so he knows that we sent you to get a discount on an already affordable haircut. The Golden Ram Barbershop is open Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. and Saturdays from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m. One more time, give Sal a call at 714-894-7267. A visit to his shop is worth it just to enjoy all the Rams memorabilia there. It's it's like a shrine to the Rams, it, like a Hall of Fame to the Rams in a barbershop. But it, Sal also provides that really nice old-school barbershop experience, talking Rams football and more. Trust me, folks, you won't regret it. Sal even managed to make me, Derek, and Johnny look good and appear, well, somewhat normal.
4: All right, so again, that, that's Sal Martinez with, uh, with the Golden Ram Barbershop. Man, I need a haircut. I can really use a visit with him right now, too. Um, mm. Folks, uh, just want to take a quick look at the injury report for this week we came out uh, for today. Right now we're on the Thursday list. It shows uh, Michael Brockers the shoulder is limited today. Uh, Cooper Cup is listed as day to day. He did not participate in practice today with his knee. Dalvin Cook it was full, full contact today, full participation. He uh, was a DMP on Wednesday with his knee. Trayvon Young did not play today with his back, and uh, Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan both not injury related in terms of missing uh, participation today. Just veteran time, veteran rest. It, it's a little weird, Norm, looking at this injury report, Though we know that there actually are more injuries than, the, than what the report shows of all the guys we have an injury reserve and so on and so forth. And it's going to be really interesting now as we enter this gauntlet. This is a four-game gauntlet Either we have the Packers, and then you follow the, Pack- the Packers, follow the Saints, so on and so forth. And keeping this team healthy over the next four weeks is going to be a big deal. Can they do it, and what do you think needs to be done to make sure that this team can stay fresh?
6: Well, they've got Cup listed as, you know, did not participate. I don't see him coming back this week. Uh, Even if he was capable, I think they should hold him out and, you know, try to keep him on the right track and hopefully get him back by the time we go to the Saints. Brocker's shoulder. He was with the same shoulder last week. <clears throat> he played last week, so I don't think there's going to be any problems there. Sue, I don't I don't know what happened with with uh, with him, but uh, he participated today, so I think he's going to be all right. Other than that, I mean, the guys that we have that are on the field, not on injured reserve, seem to be doing pretty well, and hopefully they can continue to do that. Uh, I really think that to keep this team healthier, the the Rams need to run the football more. And, you know, when you run the football more, there's less chance of an injury. And if they do that, I I think they have a chance. So I'm hoping the next four games, we see a little more of Todd Gurley rushing the football, Malcolm Brown, you know, just pound the rock, pound the rock, use the play action. Uh, I think that's a way to keep your defense healthier, keep your offense healthier, and keep the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands and, and Drew Brees' hands as well. So that's what I, I would predict is that we're going to see the run game step it up the next couple of weeks, and I think that'll help them stay healthier. And if they can manage to stay healthy, I think we've got a pretty good chance of going 3-1 and or 4-0 and in the next four games.
4: And who's that lost? Then if it's is it free? We just took the pack, or do you think it's the Saints still?
6: Well, if they, I think if they're going to lose a game in the next four, that's the one they would lose. Uh, they tend to have trouble with New Orleans and New Orleans, but I don't know if this team's going to lose or not. Uh, but early season predictions, that's who I predicted the one loss was to the New Orleans Saints. There's tough games all the way through. I didn't predict that Kansas City would be as good as they are, and of course we've got them in Mexico City. That's going to be a hell of a game to watch, and uh, you know if they if they can manage to go, you know, beat Green Bay, go into New Orleans and get a win, and then manage to pull this out with four wins, it's going to be amazing. But uh, it wouldn't shock me if they go three and one or two and two on this on this next four games.
4: And then looking ahead, looking far ahead, once they focus here, but that Kansas City game is going to be very interesting in that high altitude environment down there in Azteca that's going to be that's going to be a shootout those defenses are going to be winded by third fourth quarter so that's going to be a heck of a week for watching Rams football that's going to be a shootout I'm going to call it now that's going to be a shootout all right so folks that's it we, we've we uh looking at this weekend um you can tell I'm a little nervous about the game but I always am <laughs> I always am. Norm's always a little for, more confident. Forever yeah, I am. the
6: pessimist. <laughs>
4: you no, know, it's not the pessimist. You know, it's just that you look at the matchups and you go, "Hey, you know, the Packers do have some advantages here right now, just based off of what we've seen the Rams do this year." And if anybody's going to beat the Rams, it's going to be Aaron Rodgers, right? I mean, he's Aaron Rodgers for a reason. So I, I do expect this game to be close. I think the Packers will come off for two weeks off to really make, you know, make some problems for the Rams. And the Rams. You know, they haven't been home in a month, too. So, I mean, they, you can flip it around and go, well, hey, um, you know, they're due. They're due for a big breakout at home because they've been away for so long. Who knows? But, uh, you know, <laughs> I, it, it took a lot for me. Honestly, it took a lot for me to call the Rams to win the game. Because that pessimist in me wants me to say, you know what, I got a bad feel of this. But, you know what, there are some of us who had a bad feel of the San Francisco game and look what happened. So, there you go. This team
6: keeps proving that they're better than we think they are, and I'm hoping they just continue to do that every week and, and, and I've and thought that I thought they were pretty good to start the season, but they've shown me that they're a lot more mature than than what I thought they were, so you know hopefully they just keep that going.
4: You know what actually showed to me that they were better than we thought that we thought they were? It wasn't the Denver game, it wasn't the Chargers game, it was actually the Four9er game. The 49er game coming out there, and everybody's, you know, we just saw the 49ers give the Packers all kinds of problems on Monday Night Football. The 49ers, you know, our rival, they gave the Rams all kinds of fits last year. Uh, You know, I just think the way the defense came out, especially and played that game, was what we've been hoping for all year, and we finally saw it. And the 49ers' offensive line was actually fairly healthy for that game. So they still shredded them. They still tore them apart. And they covered well for the most part. So that, even though it was an offensive, you know, 500 yards game for the Rams or anything, just the fact that we saw some things happen that we've been waiting to see for a long time. They did against their arch rival. I know they're not very good, but they're actually, just seeing them put something together meant a lot to me and showed me that they're better than they are. And on the third game of a road trip too, by the way, that's always hard Sure.
6: Well, and if you want to be, you know, profound or whatever, the 49ers played Green Bay really tough and, you know, probably should have won that game. And, you know, so that would logically make you think that, well, if the Rams destroyed the 49ers and the 49ers just about beat Green Bay, the Rams should win this game. But you never know week to week because, you know, as an example, they've had the bye They've had more time to rest. They've had more time to prepare. The Rams have been on the road. They're a lot more tired. You know, injuries, Green Bay's in a little better shape than we are. So there's all these different X factors. But I still believe that, you know, after watching our team put up 39 points in not such a great offensive showing. I mean, it was, it was decent by all means, and you never would complain about it. But 39 points? Off the offense that we had, it was mostly thanks to our defense. And that's the first time our defense has really stepped up big for a whole game. I mean, I thought they played well the whole game. And they're going to have to do that against Green Bay. So I'm still confident that they're going to get the win. I'm going to never hear the end of it from my son if they don't. So <laughs> come on, come on, Rams.
4: You <laughs> hate those family ties. Okay, folks, it's about time for us to go. Time for us to start heading out there. Um, we do want to ask you, hey, if you do, are interested in sponsoring us, we have some slots and we really could use support. This is not an easy thing to do every day. We put out, we, we put out what, uh, one, two, three, four, five shows this week. Five shows this week between the three different podcasts. And so we would, you know, help, help us support us. And if you are interested, reach out to us at Ramstot1945 at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 657 666 5453. We have a media ready to get out to you. If you haven't listened to our other podcast, Butting Heads with Johnny and Steve, that's our Young Bucks crew. They, uh, they're pretty good, although Norm was on there this week, uh, making just less than the quality of it quite a bit.
6: Kidding, <laughs> yeah, not only that, but th- thanks for saying that. I was, you know, it was too early, and I had to go to bed for the last podcast. I was visiting family.
4: <laughs> and
6: uh, okay, now, and now also, you know why. Now, now you know why he gets all the death threats all the time, folks.
4: <laughs> and Rampage Radio. These guys who, uh They did an outstanding job. They had the new segment on their show. Give them a give them a look as well. We have three. Three solid shows, each with their own strengths. And so please check them out. You can follow us at Talk Rams, also on uh, Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Rams Talk. And follow me on Twitter at DC Apollo and Norm at Norm Hightower. Don't forget to follow us, subscribe. Please subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio. Oh, you know what? Jeez, Norm, I almost forgot trivia. I looked right past that. I cannot forget this week's trivia question, can I? Nope. Okay, folks, we had no winners last week. A couple people sent it in. The answer to the question for last week was, what was the most points scored by the Rams against the 49ers and what year did it take place? The answer is 56, and it was in 1958. This week's question, how many turnovers did the Rams force against Brett Favre and the Packers in the January 2002 NFC Divisional Game? Send us an email at Talk 1945 at gmail.com. With your answer, make sure you put trivia in the subject line so I know who's it, uh, what it's about. Again, the question is, what is the most points scored by the Rams against the 49ers? That's, that was last week, sorry. What is, <laughs> how many turnovers did the Rams force against Brett Favre and the Packers in the January 2002 NSC Divisional game? I can't believe I read, you know, never mind. All right, it's getting late, <laughs> I'm getting tired. Okay, so that's, that's a wrap, I think. Any last thoughts, Storm?
6: Yeah, go Rams.
4: Go Rams. Just Here's a hopefully 8-0 um, to a great game this weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great one. We'll see you Sunday.
6: Adios.
2: check out schwanns.com backslash yum for details this episode is sponsored by schwanns.com what are you having for dinner tonight hmm good question schwanns home delivery has a solution for you stock up your freezer with high quality frozen foods like premium meats and sides delicious ready-made meals ice cream and more no subscriptions no memberships just a friendly yellow truck that's been delivering food for almost 70 years Listeners of this show get a special deal. Get 20% off your first order with code YUM20. Check out schwans.com backslash yum for details.
1: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.